why it's the brand new theme for Rick's Tech Talk. So uh, now you know what to listen for. Cousin Rick, sounds like uh, we're ready to go on a cruise in the right of the week. How are you? That's right. Good morning, RT. Good morning. It's a brand new theme, but the same old riff. <laughs> <laughs> the same old riff. <laughs> okay, right. well, uh, you know, but we got to, you know, the sun is shining and, uh, you know, we got a whole new perspective on things. So uh, what do you got for us? Do you have a ride of the week? Oh, we've got a ride of the week. I was just out in the ride of the week and oh. uh, cruised in here to the uh, Rick's Tech Talk headquarters. <laughs> and, uh, yep. The uh, yeah, I was out in Otis Beckett country. Oh, very nice. Did you did yeah. you wave to Otis while you were there? Yeah, I, I tooted the horn when you go through oh, Otis, nice. and That's then nice. a couple hundred feet later, you go through Beckett. So you toot once at Otis and toot twice in Beckett. All right, all right. Yep. Yeah, where were we? Okay, the ride of the week. Yes, and it's uh, the luxury small SUV, the Lincoln Nautilus. Okay, and last week we had the Lincoln Navigator, and we went from one extreme to the other. But the 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 Nautilus is uh, has the uh, luxurious appointments of the Navigator in a more compact package. And uh, what's interesting about the Nautilus when you look at it, you say, "Ah, Nautilus," and I'm. Um, looking at it and there's something that strikes you and we all know that a nautilus right is a sea creature with a shell that forms like a spiral Mm -hmm. well if you're looking at the nautilus vehicle the wheels are the, the alloy wheels have a curve to them so they evoke the spirals of the nautilus shell oh very nice yeah an interesting touch. And uh, the one we have is the uh, the black label all-wheel drive edition. So it was the top of the top. It's a small SUV, takes five passengers. It has a twin-turbo 2.7-liter V6 engine that puts out 335 horsepower, and that's hooked up to an eight-speed automatic transmission. And uh, because of that, the EPA numbers are 19 miles per gallon city, 25 miles per gallon highway, for combined mileage rating of 21 miles per gallon. And it's also five-star safety rated, So, which is uh, nice to know if you're in a little bit smaller vehicle. And it's built in Oakville. Now, I I had to look up where Oakville is, but it's in Ontario, so it's built in Canada, Hmm. okay? And uh, some of the features, the exterior is pristine white, and that sounds like the name of a singer, doesn't it? Pristine white. Wasn't she in Fleetwood Mac? (laughs) That was Christine McVie. Oh, close. uh, And the interior is Venetian leather alpine. Or you would call it off-white. But the uh, some of the features on the car, it, it has approach and farewell lighting. But usually approach lighting is the lights come on when you come up to the vehicle. And so they added a new term on there that when you leave, it's called 
farewell lighting. Okay, and yeah, it's or not a, in Hawaii uh, aloha yeah. lighting. <laughs> <laughs> well, aloha means hello, goodbye, I, I love know, you, and whatever. Yeah, they'll cover everything, <laughs> right? And it's got a thirteen-speaker Ravel sound system by Harmon. Harmon makes that Ravel sound system, and uh, remember on the. Navigator was saying, I didn't like the controls for the seat on the door, but in the Nautilus, the controls are in the natural position on the seat. Mm. You just drop your arm down and uh, you can control the seat functions. And we were uh, tooling around out there in the uh, Catskill Mountains of New York on the back roads, and it's fun to drive. It's not a sports car, but it handles quite well on the the twisty roads. Mm-hmm. Actually, as did the uh, Navigator for a big car. That handled uh, quite well, considering it was a big car. And uh, although it did, for some reason it didn't have a heated steering wheel, then it was rather chilly out there. It's been rather cold back here in the east. Mm-hmm. And we had nights that dropped down around 40 degrees. Eddie. Okay. All right. So is that is that the ride of the week? That's the ride of the week. The and, uh, of the week. Yeah, it's got all kinds of neat features in there. You can you can change the mood lighting inside, change the color. It's got all LED lighting. It's got a wireless charging pad. The, the car has more wireless features than the phone that I have. I have to get a new phone to drive this car <laughs> or to take advantage of all the features. Yeah, I wonder if at some point they'll have a thing where your your, your phone controls your car. Well, you've got that now. You pretty close. Use it the phone instead of a key. Really? In many wow! Cars. I didn't yeah, know you that. have. Uh, <laughs> yep, you can use the the phone as a as a key and keep track of lots of functions on the vehicle, especially yeah. when uh, electric and uh, hybrid vehicles. You can monitor your state of charge. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, then, you know, I'm just looking for the, you know, the phone comes out with the uh, steering wheel icon, you know, <laughs> use your finger. <laughs> well, you can maybe even turn on the steering wheel heater and the oh, yeah. there heated you go. seats. And, yeah. uh, well, with uh, electric cars, you you have that function of preheating the car before you disconnect from a charger in the winter. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it saves you uh, some energy there. All right. Okay. Uh, anything else? Automotive. You know, this kind of leads into the Musk minute here. Right. We're talking about uh, connectivity with cars and, uh, you know, technology like that. And it seems now, or it doesn't seem now, I, there apparently is a lawsuit against Tesla that one of their over-the-air updates for early model, for early model S vehicles, it turned out that the update gave the owner less range after the update and longer charge times. And they didn't tell the owners about that. Hmm. And uh, it seems like it might be an issue where they wanted to uh, extend the battery life. So they charged it at a slower rate. And uh, also the battery might be wearing, so they actually put less energy in to get, uh, which results in lower range. Right. Uh, they, they definitely shouldn't make those things clear, <laughs> you know, 
And, uh, you know, you probably should be given an option as to whether you want to do this, uh, you know, the new improved uh, software. Yeah, that, that, that way they can get around it. They could say, do you want the performance you have or do you want a longer battery life? And you can uh, make a decision. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I could see how people would be a bit miffed. I probably would have been a bit miffed if it happened to me. So. Okay, what, what else do you have? Oh, automotive. Again, our friends at iccars.com, I-S-E-E cars.com, have come out with another one of their automotive uh, sales data studies, and they've come up with used cars. Which used cars are the best to buy because they haven't gone up in value, and which used cars are the best to trade in because they've gone up in value with the pandemic the demand for cars is up people don't want to ride with other people in a carpool and so used cars are in demand and new new cars some of them aren't as uh, readily available because of the chip shortage so what they've done is looked at used car prices over the last year from april to april and the average used car has gone up around 17% in price. That's around $4,000 since last year. So the the worst cars to buy in terms of the cars that have the greatest price hike are sports cars and trucks. For instance, the Corvette has gone up, and used car prices have gone up 34%. And Used truck prices, such as the Ram 1500 and the GMC Sierra, have gone up, maybe not as much as the Corvette. But some vehicles haven't gone up as much, like small SUVs, hatchbacks, and minivans. And actually, getting back to Tesla, the Tesla Model S has gone down in price about 2% or $1,000, but the, the reason uh, they attribute that to is that the newer Tesla Model 3s and Model Ys are cheaper than used Model Ss. And you get maybe newer technology and uh, a newer vehicle. Plus, by buying a new plug-in, battery plug-in vehicle, you also get some federal and state tax credits. But uh, if you want to see... All the vehicles, you can go to iccars.com and look that up. All right. Yeah, look for the latest study, and you'll you'll have all the numbers you want. Okay. And uh, what else do you have for us? Okay. And uh, there is a new outfit that's been announced called Venus Aerospace, headquartered in Houston. And they are saying they are developing a Mach 12 airplane. Well, it's not an airplane. It's probably more like a spacecraft that'll get you from L.A. to Tokyo in one hour. Okay? And uh, what's interesting is that if you get there so quickly, if you leave at 8 in the morning, everybody over there is going to bed when you get over there. (laughs) So, uh, you know, going east-west, there's uh, jet lag and implications like that but you but in going say from north to south or south to north in the general direction you you can have really quick travel in the in the same time zone 
Now, okay, that's what they're promising. Who knows when this is going to be ready? And with such with such a vehicle, Mach 12, you're going to have to have a new type of engine and propulsion, all kinds of uh, aerodynamic tricks and uh, cooling uh, systems for such a vehicle. And right now, that this company has only 13 employees and $3 million that they got for seed money. <laughs> so uh, $3 million, maybe you'll pay for one propulsion test once they can fabricate an engine and get money for that. So it's... Uh, it sounds interesting, but who knows if they're, you know, if we'll eventually see that. Yeah, it should be interesting to see how it develops or not. Right. But uh, yeah. I imagine, you know, they're, they're not the only people who are pursuing it, too. So, you know, it's a, it is an interesting concept. I mean, yep. there's always that thing, again, about uh, when you think about it, though, of G-forces and stuff, you know, for it's like how fit do the travelers have to be to be able to get That's on right. this flight, you know, so. <laughs> Right, or if you want to ride the uh, Elon Musk Hyperloop, uh-huh. you're going to have to pull a few G's there and traveling at 700 miles an hour in a tube making turns, and we'll see about that. Yeah, sounds exciting. <laughs> right, but we we can go now from Venus Aerospace to Virgin Aerospace, mm-hmm. and uh, there might be a theme there, but that's... Uh, Richard Branson's company, and they flew the first suborbital mission from New Mexico, their spaceport in New Mexico, in the Unity 21 uh, ship. And it's the first time they used their new spaceport to launch the White Knight mothership and the Unity vehicle that drops from the mothership and rockets up to space altitudes. Not orbital altitudes, but it uh, crosses the Kármán line of uh, about 50 miles. Hmm. So that uh, that was last week. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, anything else you have for us? Okay. Whoa. Ooh. Whoa, what was that? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> Maybe that's our next item. It might be. MIT. <laughs> MIT. Yeah. The guys around the corner and up the block here have come up with a hybrid electric airplane. And uh, what this does is the, the concept is to have electric motors driving either propellers or fans on the wing, but have it driven by a gas turbine engine in the fuselage. And the, the concept here would be the, the gas turbine engine would drive an electric generator to drive the the fans or the props on the wing, but because the gas turbine, or better known as a jet engine, is in the fuselage, what they can do is treat the exhaust, because they're not using the turbine exhaust for propulsion. They're using it to generate electricity, mm-hmm. and so they can treat that exhaust to give, get rid of virtually ni- over 90% of the nitrous oxides that would be produced from the jet engine. Hmm. And they say the fuel penalty would be, because you're going from uh, gas turbine to electric generator to electric motor, each time you convert energy, there's a loss of uh, efficiency, but it only costs 0.6% more fuel on a typical flight. Hmm. 
So it's less than 1% more fuel. All right. And then it's a, a lot uh, cleaner. Yep. So main, so that's mainly for environmental issues. It sounds like that's the uh, yeah, the idea on that. Okay. Anything else you have for us? Well, a couple of few uh, little tech briefs, we might say. Okay. Well, that's what, uh, as opposed to lawyers' briefs, that's what technical people wear for underwear. Tech briefs. Oh, oh but not for okay. the loom. <laughs> uh, give me the rim shot. <laughs> Okay. The cow's rim shot there. Okay, from the National University of Singapore, they've developed a aerogel, which is a very light mesh of uh, polypropylene-type molecules that actually will remove water from the air without any mechanical assistance. The water gets drawn out of the air from on the surface of these long-chain molecules, and so this could be used to produce water without using any energy. So in, in certain climates where you don't have a lot of energy, you can just have this foam or this very light aerogel and use that to supply water in uh, maybe in some rural areas or uh, you know places like that. Hmm. Very interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and you have another cu- another tidbit or two? I've got two. <laughs> two more tidbits. Okay. okay. Yes. Uh, China claims a new fusion record with its uh, fusion reactor, putting uh, hydrogen atoms in a hydro- in the form in the form of a very hot plasma of about 120 million degrees C, and confining this in a very high magnetic field in a donut-shaped reactor called a tokamak, and they've sustained a fusion reaction for 101 seconds. Hmm. So uh, they're not saying that this would be a way to produce energy using fusion, but it's a way to do do the research and eventually get it long enough to have a system that would produce power. So it's a kind of interesting, the race for limitless power of fusion. Right. I know. That's been a dream for a long time. That's right. It's, it's always five years away. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. And you, you have another one for us. Yeah. Finally, the last one. You're saying, thank God, right? <laughs> okay. This comes from Penn State University. They've come up with transparent solar cell electrodes. Now, that might not sound like a big deal, but what it could point to in the future are windows that actually can act as solar cells because you can still see through them, but the electronics and the the electrodes would be transparent. And basically what they are is a thin layer of metal. It's a chromium metal base with gold molecules on top of it, and they're very thin. So you can see through it, and yet it'll produce electricity from your windows. Hmm. Now, yeah, yeah that, uh, Pretty wild. like around here, we got so many companies selling windows, and uh, so this could be another one. All right. The, the ongoing progress of uh, solar electricity generation. All right. 
Okay, so that's a wrap for today. That's a wrap for today, and thanks for the theme, and glad we could get together. Yep, glad we could get together. Okay, so that was Cousin Rick calling in from Needham, Massachusetts, with Rick's Tech Talk, a regular feature of the Newtopian Dream. 